Good morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another Wednesday installment of the program. From very high above all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Of the more messy concepts intentionally created by our Constitution, none appears to be more confusing to those in power than free speech. And you would think that that would be the one most easily understood. Everyone has the right to say whatever they want, free from the encumbrances of government. The press, similarly, has a right to publish anything that they want, so long as that they are responsible for the implications of that right. And everyone has a right to worship in any way that they so choose. And that in this country, citizens have a right to peaceably assemble and to petition their elected leaders for a redress of grievances. What does that one mean? Well, it means when the government screws up, we have the right to hold them to account. And that Congress will make no law abridging any of those rights. All of us little people understand exactly what the First Amendment means. And perhaps I should correct myself a little bit. It's not that the people who are in power misunderstand the First Amendment. I think they understand it entirely. They just don't like it. They don't like being criticized, and they certainly don't like being held accountable for what it is that they're doing. And they certainly don't want you to speak out about what they're doing. And therein lies the rub of it, doesn't it? You little people just need to shut up and take it. The intelligentsia that walk the halls of power... Know far better how to conduct your life than you do. After all, they're the educated ones. Their education, their degrees, their posts of honorarium have made them the new aristocracy. They're the wizards of smart, and they conjure up new and ever more impressive-sounding titles for themselves that push their heads further into the clouds, to a height that the unwashed masses couldn't possibly see. Listen to us, they say. We'll guide you from our self-elevated vantage point. We'll show you the way. But the truth is, their positions are nothing more than vapor, and they're deathly worried that the blazing hot sunlight of transparency will burn off everything that they have created. If that happens, they'll come crashing back down, and they certainly can't have that. So we'll create a commission, a panel to study it further. We'll study the things that you couldn't possibly understand. We'll explain it to you another way. And when their foregone and predetermined conclusion comes out, they'll go back to the very beginning. You see, you didn't understand it from the start. After all, we are the wizards of smart. And don't think that we don't have those here in Wyoming, my friends. They've built their houses at 7,220 feet, far above where the rest of us choose to live. And the irony seems to escape them, that we put our university at the southernmost point of the state, far away from the rest of us. But as it turns out, it's not far enough removed. Indeed, the Wizards of Smart have decided to descend from their ivory towers and explain it to us once again. 
they've developed a new and very fair commission to study free speech at the university and to recommend ways in which the university can foster the free expression and free exchange of ideas. It's totally bipartisan and completely responsive to the needs of Wyoming citizens. <laughs> what they think we need, that is. Check out some of the members. There's former state legislator Kathy Connolly, the former minority floor leader, the head Democrat in the House of Representatives. She was once quoted as saying, quote, We've known for over 10 years that there are more than two genders. And then there's Sarah Burlingame, excuse me, excuse me, former state legislator Sarah Burlingame, who also happens to be the founder and president, current president of Wyoming Equality, the largest LGBTQ lobbying outfit in the state of Wyoming. And then there's the venerable former president of the Wyoming Senate, Eli Bebout. You know, the same Eli Bebout that was part of Tax Reform 2000, the big working group whose sole mission was to create a state income tax in the state of Wyoming. Uh-huh. He's a total conservative. And then, of course, there is the token conservative, Harriet Hegeman. Good choice on her. In my mind, when you're talking about free speech, you couldn't do much better than Harriet. So at least they made one good decision. But really... She's the token conservative. Like I said, totally bipartisan. To the cow pie, in an article entitled University of Wyoming Free Speech Task Force Doesn't Consider Church Elders Ban from Campus, written yesterday by Trotsky Wolfson, and I quote, A group at the University of Wyoming has spent the last six months considering how the school can better address free speech issues on campus. What it did not consider during its study was the most high-profile controversy involving free speech at the school in the last year. What it did not consider during its study was the most high-profile controversy involving free speech at the school in the last year, or other isolated events. Huh. So the biggest thing that happened at the University of Wyoming concerning free speech wasn't even brought up for discussion with this task force? I mean, that's the whole reason why the thing was created in the first place. Because you had a guy who was preaching God's word on campus, which obviously you can't do that at a public school, even in public spaces. He was thrown off campus, and then conservatives went bat crap crazy and questioned what the university was doing about free speech. So President Ed Seidel, you know, our good pal Ed Seidel, created a task force to study free speech, and they don't even consider the biggest event that happened at the school. Like I said, ivory towers. But the article continues, and I quote, Tom Schmidt, a Christian church elder from Laramie, has filed a lawsuit against the University of Wyoming president and dean of student affairs, claiming First Amendment violations for a December 2nd incident on campus where he was made to cover part of a sign calling out a transgender sorority member. He was later banned from evangelizing in the student union for a year. Quote, We were not formed in reaction to a specific incident. We did not make recommendations in response to or as a commentary about any specific incident, said Martha McCahey, co-chair of the Free Expression, Intellectual Freedom, and Constructive Dialogue Working Group. These principles are bigger than any one event. End quote. So let me get this straight. 
because the ideas of free expression and free speech are way bigger than any one single event, we're not even going to talk about the events that concern free speech. Oh, I get it. It's the ideas of free speech, not how they actually work in the real world. How esoteric of you, Martha. Now, if you're a little bit confused by that last statement, let me just illustrate exactly what I mean. You see, the University of Wyoming teaches concepts that really don't work in the real world, and their students take them to heart. For the University of Wyoming, it is the ideas that take precedence over everything else. When you're in your ivory tower, you get to examine things that transcend pure and simple reality. Let me just give you an example. Now, you remember I told you about Kathy Connolly? Well, she's the former head of the Gender Studies Department at the University of Wyoming. Yep, she's the person that teaches that there's 57 genders or whatever the number we're up to now. And she's been pretty successful at it. Listen to this. This is a commencement address by Cynthia Lummis that was given at the University of Wyoming. Just listen to the reaction from the student body to what she says. Beyond watch. There are those in government who believe not that the Creator endowed us with inalienable rights, as the founders of our nation acknowledged in the Declaration of Independence, but that government created those rights, and that government should redefine those rights, including our rights to freedom of speech, religion, property, assembly, and to keep and bear arms. Even fundamental scientific truths, such as the existence of two sexes, male and female, are subject to challenge these days. Listen to the wailing of those new graduates from the University of Wyoming. Cynthia Lummis is a United States senator, and the crowd tried to boo her off the stage. But listen to the University of Wyoming's statement on free speech. This is available on their website, uyo.edu Academic Affairs Statement on Free Speech. There's a link at cowboystatepolitics.com. But just listen very carefully. This is the University of Wyoming Statement on Free Speech. And I quote, In 1869, the Wyoming Territory became the first government in the world to allow women to vote in unrestricted elections and to hold office. Eighteen years later, the territorial legislature created the University of Wyoming in Laramie, which was charged with educating, listen close, young men and young women on equal terms. When Wyoming became a state three years later, our first legislators went further by including the UW in the state constitution and declaring, again, listen very closely, quote, the university shall be equally open to students of both sexes, irrespective of race or color. Thus, from the very founding, the UW and the state of Wyoming have dedicated themselves to equality as a source of strength and pride. End quote. Huh. Women, both sexes, man and woman. Do you really think they believe that now? Admittedly, this incident occurred before the creation of this free speech task force. It happened before Tom Schmidt, the Christian church elder from Laramie, was thrown out of the university student union for evangelizing at his table. What he did is he put up a sign at his table that said God created male and female and Artemis Langford is a male. 
Artemis Langford is the male University of Wyoming student that joined a sorority at the University of Wyoming. He is also the state committee woman for the Democrat Party in Albany County. I know, it's all very confusing, but that is what Tom Schmidt's sign said, and that is the reason why they threw him off campus. Another University of Wyoming-related incident occurred at the Capitol two years ago during a committee meeting. Now, I've played this soundbite a lot, but it clearly illustrates the type of speech that is allowed at the University of Wyoming. That is, the kind that agrees with the agenda of the university, and the type of speech that is not allowed at the university, i.e. Tom Schmidt and his sign. Now again, this incident did not happen on the University of Wyoming campus. It happened in the Capitol building. And the speaker that you're going to hear in this soundbite was clearly announced as being a representative of the University of Wyoming. Here we go. Since there aren't any anti-hate crime laws, they are very limited. Wyoming is one of three states that has no anti-hate crime laws. You would think a lynching that happened in this state would be the reason that an anti-hate crime bill was passed. But no, this state has a history of racism and hate crime. Do you want the state to be always to always be remembered by those same events that took place? It is 2021. It is time we change the state. How many times do we have to sit here and wait for you to do something to protect us legislation wise? You always push it away because you are biased by being mostly white and not accepting the fact that these laws weren't meant for you to ever ignore. We are tired of being ignored and pushed out because it doesn't fit your agenda. You are elected by the people to serve the people. We are the people. Why do you people of color have to depend on white people to be protected? Why do we have to face our oppressors to be protected? Why do we have to beg to be protected? At this point, we might as well start calling all of y'all masses. And that was the calm part. Now, the speaker clearly attacked legislators for being white. Seems pretty racist to me. But did anything happen to these young ladies who were testifying in front of the Judiciary Committee? No. Were they admonished by President Ed Seidel? No, they weren't. There is a clear double standard where free speech is concerned at the University of Wyoming. If what you say is in line with what they believe, what the agenda of the school leadership is, well then you're in the clear. But if you happen to be a Christian or white or have a minority opinion, then you do not have the right to free speech. And their free speech task force isn't going to take it up anyway, so long as you're regurgitating the university talking points. The University of Wyoming has a long history of stifling conservative and Christian opinion on campus. There are so many examples of how the University of Wyoming stifles free speech. I've only given you three of them today. But there are many, many more. The only way that we're going to get the university's head out of the clouds and remove them from their ivory tower is if we take away their money, defund them, stop giving them taxpayer dollars, and stop donating to them. They are an institution that has been pushing a left-wing agenda. Let us not forget the undercover investigation that I did at the university that showed you that they're sponsoring and paying for drag trainings on campus. The only way we're going to get their attention is to hit them in their pocketbook. And the only way that we can do that is to get more conservatives elected in the state. All right, moving on. Now, remember I told you on Monday that I couldn't quite put my finger on why the officials in Johnson County were so angry that somebody was looking into how property taxes are spent in Johnson County? Well, I figured it out. And there's a very good reason why they didn't want you to know about it. And we'll do that after the break. But first, an absolutely obscene profit timeout. 
Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by the experts in metal building construction. Now, it doesn't really matter what type of building you've been thinking about for your property, whether it's a garage or a barn or a roping arena or a giant warehouse or any type of metal structure. You need to call my friends, Nick and Jesse, at Morton Buildings. Their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can simply just go to their website at mortonbuildings.com. They've been doing this longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do a much better job than anybody else. So give Nick and Jesse a call. Tell them what you've got in mind, and they'll handle all the details. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can just go to their website at mortonbuildings.com. While Gunrunner Auctions really is your source for just about every type of firearm that you could think of, they also have a wide variety of gun accessories. So this week's feature lot is lot number 446. It's an RCBS Rock Chucker Reloading Press, and it's actually got a lot of accessories that go along with it. This RCBS Rock Chucker is a reloading press and it has several accessories. The green press with primer feed, the powder scale, two primer trays, a deburring tool, five shell holders, the powder driveler, a bullet puller, two loading blocks, funnels, there's a case lube pad. There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes with this thing. There's even a Sierra reloading manual and Hodgdon powder measure. Uh, it's got all the mounting hardware and everything you need to start reloading. So it's lot number 446. It's a rock chucker reloading press, and it can be yours at gunrunnerauctions.com. If you happen to be around Story or Buffalo, either today or tomorrow, there's a great free concert that's being put on uh, by the Cowboy Church of the Bighorns. Michael Knight will be here at the Story Women's Club Wednesday, that's today, from 6 to 8, and then tomorrow on Thursday, he'll be in Buffalo at Crazy Woman Square. He's a number one gospel country musician, and he's a lot of fun to listen to. Here's a little piece of one of his recent songs. It's called God Bless. There's a man down on the corner Holding a sign You know, I think he's right Says the end of time Some newsman on the TV In a Colorado town Telling how some madman Shot innocent people down God, I hate to think what lies ahead If we don't get back to the Bible And start doing what Jesus said We gotta pray Like we've never prayed before Wednesday night, that's tonight, at the Story Women's Club in Story, Wyoming from 6 to 8. And then tomorrow, Thursday, Crazy Woman Square in Buffalo, also from 6 to 8. It's a free concert, so come and enjoy some free music if you'd like. And now, back to what the Johnson County elected officials don't want you to know. A couple of weeks ago, a Buffalo resident put together 
how our property taxes are being spent in Johnson County. And all he was doing was trying to figure out a way to where maybe we could spend less money and stop charging people so much in taxes. There were more elected officials in the crowd than there were private citizens. Now, in Johnson County, that's saying a lot. Most of the time, you can't get a Johnson County elected official to show up at anything, much less an evening to talk about taxes. As it turns out, however, when you're talking about all of your money that they want to spend, they come out of the woodwork. And they did at that meeting. And what struck me was how angry all of them were. They were really mad. How dare one of the lonely peasants look into how government is spending tax dollars? Here's just one example from that meeting. Excuse me, can I ask you a question? I'm on the fair board. Yep. Um, why didn't you take the time to reach out to any of the fair board members to see how our board works and where our money comes instead of just making assumptions? Well, no, this is not an assumption. This is from the actual income statement. But, 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 you put in, but you put like a yet dot dot dot. So why don't what's you come? What's my yet dot dot dot? Well, I don't know. You're making us. No, sound you said like, I put yet dot dot dot. You and did. Now you're saying and this thing it says yeah. except for annual rodeo, comma yet. Yeah, three hundred. Sorry, yet three hundred thousand dollars of the five hundred thirty thousand. It's meant to go to the next bullet. <laughs> no, this is not an assumption. All of this comes from your income statement. The income statement that the gentleman is referring to are the numbers that the government entity puts together and submits to an auditor for review. It's their numbers. Just one more little comment. It doesn't matter how a board works or who's on it or who votes how. What matters is the numbers, the money that is given to you by taxpayers and how you spent it. That's what matters. So what exactly is an audit. Well, companies and government entities put together their profit and loss statements, their income statements, and then they submit them to an accounting firm to audit their financials. So the auditing firm then looks through all of the documentation that is given to them by the company or government entity and determines if their books balance and if they if if there is an exact accounting of all of the revenues and expenditures. Another purpose of an audit is to expose weaknesses in a financial system. Is the financial system susceptible to fraud? Are there measures in place to prevent any sort of nefarious behavior? And so when they're done, the auditing firm then reports back to the group that hired them, the government entity or the company, all of their findings. Typically, you'll see recommendations to fix whatever vulnerabilities they found. Fairly often, you'll hear all sorts of conservatives say, let's audit the Fed. And what they're suggesting is, let's see if they're actually doing what they told us they were going to do. Can they account for all of our money? So the reason all of those government officials in Johnson County were so angry at Chris's meeting is they already knew what the audit was going to say, because it had said the exact same thing for six years in a row. Now, again, auditors don't hold government entities or companies accountable. They just tell you what you have. So, in other words, you hand them a bunch of paperwork, and they come back and say, all right, this is what you're dealing with. These are some recommendations we have to fix the problems, and then it's up to you to fix them. 
So there's a couple of accounting terms that you've got to understand because you're going to hear them in the findings here in just a minute or two. The first one is a material audit adjustment. First of all, that's bad. What it means is the numbers you reported to the auditing company are different than the numbers they actually came up with. In other words, your books don't match. The second term is significant journal entry. That's also very bad. What it means is you don't have documentation to support what it is that you spent money on. You don't have a receipt. And so you've just written yourself a little note to account for the money that you spent. That's okay in your personal finances. Not so much if you're a government entity. You have to be able to prove where you spent our money. So from the fiscal year 2022 audit report for Johnson County. Now again, this is documented in fiscal years 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022. And I quote, listen to this, my friends. The county, including the component unit personnel, and what they mean by that is the fair board, the library, the museum, and weed and pest, were not able to identify all balances and necessary adjustments which were significant to the financial records and financial statements. Material audit adjustments were required to present the financial statements from being materially misstated. End quote. Whoa. Let me read that last part again for you. Material audit adjustments were required to present the financial statements from being materially misstated. And what that means is the auditing firm had to go make adjustments to the books to prevent them from misstating information. Wait until you hear this next one. Remember what I said about journal entries. Now, the list that I'm going to read to you is from fiscal year 2022, but the note appears in all six years. It's just in 2022, the list was longer. So what they mean by that is the problem that we're talking about, the significant journal entries, it gets worse over time. Listen to this. Significant journal entries were posted in the following areas. Cash and cash equivalents, investments, prepaid items, property taxes, receivable and related items, receivables, net of allowance, lease receivable, accounts payable, due to other governments, specific purpose sales and use taxes, fiduciary fund, due to taxing units, custodial additions, and custodial deductions, pension liability, deferred inflows and outflows for the pension, pl pension plan items, Weed and pest, accounts receivable and accounts payable, fund balance and net position, transfers in and out, and activity of the airport and the justice center. End quote. Is there any part of the county government that they didn't have to have a journal entry to tell us what they spent our money on? The auditing firm goes on, quote, these journal entries were required to correct the balances for governmental funds, financial statements, government-wide financial statements, and the statement of fiduciary net position. While these entries are not part of the assessment of budgetary compliance, they do include balances that are significant to the financial information. Our recommendation, in our judgment, is that management and those charged with governance need to consider the procedures needed to ensure the complete and accurate financial information is available and evaluated in a timely manner to properly record transactions in accordance with general accounting practices. All of that was the first finding in the audit. The second conclusion that the accounting firm 
PMCH out of Casper came to, or their second finding, might be even worse. Listen to this, quote, The county system of internal control is lacking a mechanism to reconcile federal expenditures reported. Audit procedures revealed that the schedule did not properly differentiate expenditures of financial awards from expenditures from state and other non-federal agencies. In other words, they're mixing up all the money and they can't tell you where it comes from. Or to put it another way, they're mixing up the federal money with the state money and they don't know the difference between the two. How about this one? No system is in place to readily provide the data necessary to accumulate the federal expenditures for preparing the SEFA. That's the federal required document. It goes on. Finding number four is all about COVID-19 funding. Johnson County was distributed $182,292 in, quote, charitable relief, which was not supported by documentation to substantiate the expenses. Listen to this. Quote, from the audit, and this can be found on pages 110-128 of the fiscal year 2021 audit report. Here you go. Quote, the allowable costs under this grant were payroll costs and supplies used to respond to the COVID-19 public health emergency. The county gathered and summarized costs that were allowable costs under the grant. However, the information that was summarized contained mathematical errors and incorrect information. The county was responding quickly to stressed organizations. The county contacted the charities and obtained verbal understanding that the charity was impacted by the pandemic. The charity was required to sign a certification that the funding was necessary to respond to COVID-19. However, the charity was not required to submit any supporting documentation to substantiate the expenses. In other words, they were not required to submit receipts for where they spent the money. So, Johnson County basically took their word for it that they were spending all of that COVID-19 money appropriately. And here's the icing on the cake as far as all the COVID money goes. Quote from the audit. Without supporting documentation to verify that the expenditures were related to COVID-19, there is question as to whether the money provided to charitable organizations was used by the organizations to cover expenditures and expenses associated with COVID-19 or applicable charitable purposes, end quote. They can't tell whether or not whoever got the money used it for COVID-19 or if they used it for some other purpose. They don't have any documentation. Now, there's a lot of other stuff that came up in this investigation. But as far as the audit goes, I've given you the big points, and I'll save the rest of it for weekend update. The bottom line to all of this is the books in Johnson County that were audited are an absolute disaster, and they have been for several years. And nobody has done anything to fix it. So who is responsible for all of this? Well, it's the county commissioners, my friends. The buck eventually stops with them. Now, admittedly, there's a lot of other people that have their hands in preparing all of this information, and all of them are to blame. But if there are material audit adjustments, and there are a lot of them, and if there are significant journal entries, and there are a lot of them, then we have a serious problem in Johnson County, my friends. None of them can tell which way is up with the books. And frankly, neither can we or the auditing firm PMCH. Audits are about accountability. 
It's about making sure that what they told us they were spending our money on is exactly what they spent our money on. Over the last six years, the auditing firm PMCH has told Johnson County officials that they have all of these problems in their accounting practices, and none of them have been fixed for six years. Don't take my word for any of this stuff. I posted all of the documents you need at cowboystatepolitics.com, and there's actually a whole file that has all of the information in this investigation. It includes all the audit reports, all the financial statements, everything you need to do your own research, and I highly suggest you do that. Like I said, on Weekend Update, I'm going to finish up this report. I've got two more big, huge things to tell you about Johnson County, and both of them should make your jaw hit the floor. But we'll do that on Weekend Update. So for now, from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics. <laughs>